American families dug into the Southie projects like ticks. Three decker men at best. You, however, grew up on the North Shore, huh? Olati fucking da. You were kind of a double kid, I bet, right? Huh? One kid with your old man, one kid with your mother. You're upper middle class during the weeks, then you're dropping your eyes and you're hanging in the big bad Southie projects with your daddy the fucking donkey on the weekends. I got that right? Yep. You have different accents? You did, didn't you, you little fucking snake? You were like different people. You a psychiatrist? Or if I was, I'd ask you why you were a steady making 30 grand a year, and I think if I was Sigmund fucking Freud, I wouldn't get an answer. So tell me, what's a lace curtain motherfucker like you doing in the stadies? Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Joel Clark and Adam Balderstone for another episode of our gangster movie podcast. We still don't really have a name for it. And just so people know, we will be resuming talking about horror movies soon as well. Um, but uh, today we're going to be doing The Departed, which is a um, 2006 Martin Scorsese film. Uh, I think everybody knows what it is. I probably don't need to tell people, you know, all of the actors' names that are in it and everything. Um, but the synopsis is that a South Boston cop, Billy Costigan, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, goes undercover to infiltrate the organization of gangland chief Frank Costello, played by Jack Nicholson. As Billy gains the mobster's trust, a career criminal named Colin Sullivan, played by Matt Damon, infiltrates the police department and reports on its activities to his syndicate bosses. When both organizations learns they, learn they have a mole in their midst, Billy and Colin must figure out each other's identities to save their own lives. That's the synopsis from Rotten Tomatoes. Number one, what do you guys think of that synopsis? Is that accurate or is that a is that a crappy That's, synopsis of the movie? That's an overwritten guess. synopsis overwritten shouldn't have to go that long for a synopsis i don't think it's all that was that was only three sentences i think you're being a little bit uh a little bit harsh on the (laughs) two two sentences is the maximum okay okay that's pushing it synopsis purist that's beautiful (laughs) i don't know i don't think it's an unfair synopsis um (laughs) i think i think i think it gets the timeline wonky but that's you know fine yeah yeah it's it's That's, a complicated movie and it's it's put together in an unintuitive way. You really have to unpack this one when you're watching it. I find so so. First off, is this your first time seeing this movie, guys, or have either of you guys mm-hmm. seen this before? I, I've oh, never seen this. movie You guys before. had never seen this movie. Wow. First okay. Time. All right. So, what did you guys think of it? Since you guys are the newbies to it, uh, you want to go first, Adam? Sure. Days before beauty and all that. I I enjoyed the movie. It's. It's relatively engaging. I, I didn't love the movie. There wasn't. I felt like the themes it was kind of playing with. Cause, I mean, it's really playing hard with the whole betrayal and yeah. rat and thing with the girlfriend and with both the guys and with everything. And I just felt like it never quite for, for something that was trying so hard to pinpoint that theme. I didn't feel like it ever quite did anything that exciting with it. But it's it's a perfectly solid crime movie as you'd expect from you know you expect Scorsese can pull that off they're just I I didn't find anything beyond that though and I I think I think because it was kind of had those that heavy theme throughout the movie you like it's harder to watch a movie like that as just here's a but here's kind of a slice of life feel to it because it was so Hollywood in a lot of ways that I I kind of felt like it fell kind of between those two extremes, really. Okay. You know, as far as the uh, Boston movies we've seen so far with uh, 
between uh, oh between which two extremes uh within black mass being the one we're like that one was super cinematic i guess and then Mm. we've got you know yeah (laughs) i think that's fair if friends of eddie coyle on the other side which is we're we're, we're just literally watching events unfold in real time and this was somewhere in between but it wasn't a very comfortable in between okay okay now joel what about you what do you think of the movie you know i I think that Adam's onto something there because uh, I kept when I was watching it, the Hollywood elements were pretty distracting. The big name actors always like, like they're great actors. There's a reason like that they're they're big names now, but it's so late into all of their careers that I knew all of them by name and their presence <laughs> was so distracting. Okay, um, okay. So that that kind of pulled me away from it. That's not a complaint against the movie. You you have to cast actors in a movie. I mean, come on, that's barely a complaint. Uh, and the fact that it was like you know a list actors for a big budget movie shouldn't but, be. But who's in who's in a role can affect your perception of a film movie, especially if you have different associations. Ja- than the Jack film Nicholson intended. is definitely high on the list of guys who will pull it in the gravity of his personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there was a lot of that actually, because I mean, like you say, Jack Nicholson's an obvious one, but I mean Martin Sheen to an extent, and. Uh, mm-hmm. And especially Alec Baldwin too. It's like Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin does so much comedy nowadays too yeah. that that I, that, I that feel, feels another another angle on that as well. I feel like him being in Thirty Rock all those years definitely <laughs> changed how I viewed this character. Watching it exactly. again, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. I'm it's, sorry, Joel. Uh, were you done with your? Uh, I don't know if you had finished. <laughs> I was <laughs> almost started. Yeah. Well, the other thing that Adam pointed out that I really liked was comparing it to the Prince of Eddie Coyle. This movie kind of has that comparative thing where there's a lot of layering to the nuance of the plot and the interaction of the characters, who's a rat, who's not a rat, what does that mean, who knows what and when. And I like that it made me work for that information. I actually had to pay a lot of attention to this movie. I like that. I like when a movie forced me to pay attention. But, again, going into like that, that comparison, it's unfavorable. Uh, Birds of Eddie Coyle is rich because it feels very real. and And so the complexity of the situation is complex for the characters in a believable way, as well as being an enjoyable puzzle for me. This felt overwritten. It felt like there was too much going on. And so in a lot of things, like when the guy's lying on the couch and he's all of a sudden like, but wait a minute, you might be a rat and then dies. It's just like, how long were we only supposed to enjoy that emotional beat book, for book. 30 seconds? A and B like what I had to like unpack what was going on and then he died and I was still unpacking it because of all the complexity that was going on. Can you can so there's book, a lot of bookmark like that. that because I want to talk about that scene. Like, that's Fair actually, mind. that's a, that's a, well, that's like a scene. A lot of people talk about, so I'd like to discuss it again. Um, but go on, go on. I just want to note that. Well, it, th- those are the two elements comparing it to Eddie Coyle, Eddie Coyle, which uh, was hard to watch and very satisfying as a result. And this, which was much easier to watch and demanded your attention. Mm. Um, that's a good comparison, I think. Um, and the Hollywoodism versus the the appeal of it being a movie that is realistically and believably about Boston. Now, I did notice that they really made a great use of everything. They they really took everything they could think of that was actual fact about Boston and crammed it into this movie really densely to the point where I was like, this is like, like the equivalent of eating a cheesecake about Boston trivia. Like it's it's yeah. so dense, I almost can't appreciate all of it. So that was actually kind of kind of great. Uh, it's I wouldn't say too much of a good thing. It was simply a lot of a good thing, and it was both noticeable and not necessarily something I could focus on because of all the other stuff that was going on. 
it's it's a dense movie. It's as dense as a Boston brick, I think is what I said whenever I watched it. Um, <laughs> Boston brick. Which, Are our bricks right? denser than the bricks in other states? or is it... <laughs> I, I've never been bludgeoned to death with one, but I got a feeling. There's a lot of red down. brick. We use a lot of red brick here. That's the big... Uh... <laughs> but... Um... But yeah, so I mean, I I mean, my my opinion of the movie has actually only gotten improved as time has gone on, as I watched it more. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I I I actually I, I definitely have a, a different take. I really like the movie. Um, I do have criticisms of the movie, but I really do like it. And I would say, like, I file it like when I'm looking at Scorsese movies, it's like definitely in like the top five Scorsese movies for me. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's probably hovering in the top three or four. Usually, it never gets. You know, Goodfellas is always number one for me. But yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know if I can compare this to Goodfellas. Goodfellas is so much, uh, I, so much better for well, me. And, and I'm not douse, dissing this movie, but no, like, no, I get what you're saying. films. No, that's I was tr- well, I was trying to think of this movie in terms of the filmmaking quality this time, and mm. one of the things I noticed that I hadn't really noticed before was just how all of the pieces really fit together very tightly. Um, to the point that like, it's just like everything is laid down brick by brick. Do you know what I mean? It's got mm-hmm. a very, uh, it's got a very planned feel to it. And there's a lot of foreshadowing. Goodfellas has a ton of foreshadowing. This makes yeah. equal use of that type of foreshadowing and sort of prepping your mind for things like the, um, the scene that jumps out is the hollow point bullet, uh, lecture that they're giving at the beginning of the movie, which is like Chekhov's hollow point bullet. You know, like that, like, you know, I, I don't think I'd ever really picked up, even though it's like obvious, I never picked up on it. Um, mm-hmm. And I also yeah, like it's almost the, there only to foreshadow. Like it's it, yeah. it's almost like a red light saying, warning, there will be a hollow point in this movie. Yeah. And they're going to shoot somebody in the head, you know. Well, and there and, and again, like there's a thing, you know, everybody knows about the X's now where they where they have the X's that sort of foreshadow yeah. the characters dying. Um, but I also like I, I've grown to appreciate that this is a tragedy. You know what I mean, and and that, um, and and I yeah. and and and, and well, that, almost like, it's almost that? a Greek tragedy because it's 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 got that very very classic start in a high place and then a low place element of tragedy, which is really cool. And I just and it's just I don't know, and, and also just things like it makes me think like when like Mark Wahlberg has that throwaway line about you know what's wrong, you don't know any Shakespeare, and then I think well oh maybe that's because you know it's sort of like I just feel like everything kind of ties together in the movie and. Even though it's a two-hour and thirty-minute movie, which is very long, there's not a lot of wasted material in it. I feel like um, no, it is. It, I I totally agree with you on that. It's very tight for the length of the movie, and because I, I think I I don't you know I I've come in with entered with all these complaints and stuff, but it's an engaging movie. <laughs> yeah. I I sat there, I enjoyed the movie for two and a half. I I, I wasn't I didn't feel any urge to get up or stop the movie at any point. It's 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 a good movie. It's but I also the thing is like I, I also I I have my criticisms of it as well. Like when I, yeah. I I saw it when it came out. I saw it when it came out. I think I I don't remember if I saw it in the theater or if I saw it on DVD. But I but right around the time it came out is when I first saw it. And a few things irritated me when it first was released. The the first thing was, and I, and this doesn't bother me as much as it did at the time. But Jack Nicholson always kind of the like you were saying the gravity of Jack Nicholson <laughs> really. I mean, he doesn't feel like he's from Boston. To me, you know, he's got the, he's, no. the even the, his accent. It doesn't matter if the accent is not point. Just something about him, he just does not feel like he's from this region, and that was really hard for me to overlook. But 
the more I've watched the movie, the more I've grown to appreciate his performance and how good it is when you get over that idea of, oh, he's not yeah. from Boston. Um, yeah, and- first impressions do not make or break a movie for me. I, yeah. I really, because there's a few scenes, like when he comes out of the back room near the end, and he's just covered in blood and there's no explanation <laughs> for it. And you're just like, what, what were you doing? And he doesn't yeah. even explain to the characters. He's like, go do your job. Well, That's no. a genuinely like threatening scene, like you'd see in Goodfellas. You know, yeah. There's there's an yeah. undercurrent of deep and horrifying threat to it. That's really really good. As good as all the the really dark stuff in Black Mass. So like, there's some yeah. great stuff to appreciate from Jack Nicholson in this movie. Well, and the, yeah, and, and oh, that's Jack all. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, he always plays Jack Nicholson, but he's really damn good yeah. at playing. Jack <laughs> well, that's what, kind of my feeling. It's what I'm also what I really well the thing about that that I was realizing is that. Playing yourself isn't as easy as people would think. Like, like just yeah. in terms of how he's conveying really subtle emotions and motivations. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I realized well, that in the I, scene I with like the scene, the scene where he's he's talking to uh, DiCaprio's character. You know, it's like about his his uncle and his father. That's the like, one. Hey, have That's you the one. Going back to school. Yeah. It's like that. That gives his character a dimension there. You know, that's uh, very interesting. And so I, I was trying to look past things like that and like the accents and just because this is the kind of movie where it doesn't matter if they're playing themselves or some character that they always kind of play. Yeah. It's how believable they are in that scene and how well they're conveying what needs to be yeah. conveyed. Yeah, and I think the Boston thing something I can look past easily because yeah. it doesn't mean the same thing. Whereas for you, I can see how... It would take you take you a little bit of time to get past that. Well, well, so well, I, I guess my first impression of the movie when it first came out was number one, it felt like an odd movie for Scorsese because it felt he's always got like a stylized feel, but he's not stylized the way like Quentin Tarantino is stylized. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and this felt a little bit more Quentin Tarantino like. Not, I mean, definitely Quentin Tarantino would have done this movie differently. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but there was some, there was this energy in it that had more, it had more Quentin Tarantino energy to me than Scorsese energy. When, when I first yeah. saw it, that was my impression. And I also mm-hmm. felt that the, you know, the Dropkick Murphy song they keep using in the movie uh, that yeah. in most Scorsese movies, I feel like the music he selects is music that I can actually imagine Martin Scorsese listening to and liking, right? <laughs> and and the Dropkick Murphys, that didn't seem like something that would have been on his playlist to me. It just, it just felt like... And so... Well, it, it, it was very Boondock Saintsy. Yeah, like that that, that's, you know? yeah, that's a really good comparison. That's that's a very, that's probably a better one than the Tarantino one I was trying to make, where it, it, it just feels like he's being a little too hip. I know that now that song isn't as you know isn't as yeah, uh you know as hip as it was but but when the movie came out it felt like he was maybe being a little bit too hip i understand why he used it because it does tie it to boston it's a boston band well, but yeah and it's i don't know there's something about like again the, the fact that there are people that are irish come up and the, the familial element of irishness comes up that's a song that a lot of angry irish people that i or irish americans that i know listen to so there, there's something that is comprehensively contemporary about the song choice yeah, yeah. It, but that's the other thing about that song is it really pins it to the date that the movie came out. You know, it, it just, yeah. it date, because a lot of times he uses time, timeless move, music. Do you know what I mean? Of course, this is, this is also very dated by the fact this is a movie from that window 
when everyone yeah. had flip phones. Yeah. It's like that's 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 become a very narrow window as time has marched on. Yeah. So, Though I will yeah. say they did use really good quality flip phones and I think that helped a lot because if they were using yeah. the flip phones that I had and my friends had, it, it, yeah. it wouldn't the have worked cinematically. Screen. Yeah. yeah. It, it just wouldn't have looked as good. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I don't know. But my, but my first reaction to it was um, was that I liked the movie and I enjoyed it. But there were these warts on it that kind of bugged mm. me a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Um, but Let's the more but the more I watched it over the years, the more I've just come to appreciate it, and the more I've learned to overlook those things. Or sometimes even realize, oh, it wasn't a wart after all. It was actually a really it was a beauty you know, mark. Yeah, it was a beauty mark. There you go. So and I'll finish your metaphor for you. <laughs> well, being well, I wasn't going I was definitely not going to finish it. So it's a good thing nope. you stepped in and saved the day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so I don't know. Um, so is there, let's get into specific things though. Like the, like let's get to the couch death scene. Cause that's the one that bothered you the most. Um, well, that scene that actually, no, but that was one that you pointed out as yeah, it, disturbing it's, you it's, in some it's, way. It's, it's emblematic of the sort of problem I have with the movie where it's go it's paces a little bit too fast for me to be able to unpack the density of okay. it. Okay. Like, yeah. There was a mismatch between those elements. And it's a good theme. And it's it's yeah, not just to, to build off that point to the density. Like I felt like the whole dual <laughs> love story thing, like that didn't land because there's there's so little time for either of those yeah. love stories to have anything that it like it just didn't register. Okay. Yeah, I feel, I feel like, I think the density might be an issue of why yeah. it worked better for me over time the more I watched it and the more I realized, yeah, oh, I can see that. like the relationship yeah. thing, like the whole thing with Matt Damon's, I mean, like, well, I'll, we'll get into his thing next. We should talk about the couch scene first. But the, yeah, but, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, the, the no, it's fine. Off topic. Well, well, the couch scene and what it means in the movie, because my, my specific complaint is that it happens too fast for the emotional beat to land okay. because it's okay. referring to something that requires you to think about it just a little bit too much for the scene to, it doesn't give you quite enough time to, to puzzle it all together on a first viewing subsequent viewings, like a couple of seconds after I was like, Oh wait, okay, no, I'm, I'm with you. So in okay. a subsequent viewing that scene would land perfectly on an initial viewing though. Mm, I think that scene, that. so that scene, a lot of people talk about that scene and it's, and, and something people should know is that's actually a more extended scene that got edited down. Oh, uh, okay. But, uh, so there is more depth to that scene. Um, in fact, I'm trying to remember if uh, I don't, in, in the, I think in the unedited scene, he talks about the, the guy who's dying talks about, uh, I think his name was Delahunt, how he, um, he, he was, he was thinking to himself if he could kill a person because that was, you know, obviously part of what they do and everything. And it was meant to mirror the, the conversation DiCaprio has with Jack Nicholson, where he says mm -hmm. he was thinking that. Um, but I think it's one of those scenes where the intent of it is to part the movie is all about identity and about how nobody is what they say, say they are. And you never really know, like even to the end of the movie, it's never really clear who any of the characters actually are. And I think yeah, that's I like kind that. of meant to epitomize that because you walk away from that scene not knowing there's a mystery there and you know, and, and, and there's confusion sown by the fact that they say he was a um, an undercover cop on the news, but you never have any real clarity. And it's a, just a, it's like an alarming and confusing scene where you don't know was he trying to help leo was he did he have other motivations why if he was trying to help him why what was going on with this guy that he you know 
felt like he was going to help the rat. And so did he know something we don't like? You just yeah, have all these thoughts. And and the, the whole movie is like playing chess in the dark, right? <laughs> it, it's all these significant and very dramatic moves, but the full weight of them is never really absolutely clear. Mm-hmm. So I actually like that aspect of it a lot, but th- there's enough hanging on to each twist of the plot that it's easy to get lost. Yeah, you know? I could see that. I could definitely see that. Because um, yeah. the intention, yeah, I, the intentional muddying is great. The unintentional, this is actually confusing stuff, though. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't go anywhere. There's like three different love scene or three different love plots in this movie that don't really ever have any payout. Well, no, I would say I, they do. I mean, well, there's o- there's only two real love stories, right? Or am I, uh, is there a third? What's the third one? <laughs> I'm trying to think now because now now I'm confusing myself because unfortunately another thing that's irritating about this movie this is a legitimate complaint. A lot of the actors and actresses look very very okay. Similar. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Like for yeah. the, the you know you oh so so you realize that they're both dating the same woman, right? Like that's they are yeah. But that wasn't clear at first because I thought it was the same guy for the first like twenty minutes <laughs> okay, of this movie. And I'm like, okay. oh god, these are two different dudes. <laughs> okay, okay. And then then that lady that they're both dating, she looks a lot like the lady that's dating Jack Nicholson. Who's a different yeah, person? Well, I that, think that I was... think that's that's all intentional. I think though, I think because like you even notice that if I remember, DiCaprio and um, Matt Damon have pretty similar haircuts and everything, right? Like they yeah. they, they look kind of alike. Do you know what I mean? I mean, they're not they're not so close that you think they're twins, but I mean, you kind of can get yeah two I blonde mean, it's, actors. It's not, it's not like they aren't people I both am very familiar with, but I still had moments where I was like, oh wait yeah. a second, that was during Which the early part of the movie. Well, least. and their roles are such close analogs to each yes. other. Like clearly, that's intentional. Yeah, but like it makes for actual confusion, and I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know how much of that confusion is satisfying mm. because it was intentional and how much of that was just, we did our job too well. And it's actually hard to tell these guys apart. Yeah. But I do, I do see Brendan's point. This movie could be more enjoyable on repeat viewing since you kind of, oh, yeah. well, you pick, pick up, up more a, well, like things that you pick up are like, he has the um, conversation with his cousin in the, in the kitchen and he says he went mm-hmm. to the funeral and I forget the guy's name, but it was like a funny name with a K in it. It has like a, a merry and then and then when they go to the the, the meeting in the uh, in the state police office and they're talking about uh, a murder of, over the microprocessors, it turns out it's that guy. Do you know what I mean? And there's a lot of scenes like that where they lay the groundwork for something that you need to know, and then it's it's mm-hmm. sort of but but it's all done very efficiently. That's why I'm saying there's like not much wasted space. And I think the yeah. efficiency of the movie is maybe why it's confusing on the first viewing sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it is efficient. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I was putting the movie back repeatedly at times too. Mm. So there were things I picked. I, I would have missed them if it wasn't, you know, just easy. If I saw it in the theater, yeah. it would have just gone whoosh right over my head. Yeah. This but, is, yeah. it's definitely the kind of movie I remember having to watch it a couple of times at least to kind of get, the big details down and then yeah you know um but I, I have found it more rewarding over time um i guess we should probably uh get into the the matt damon thing as well so uh, i don't well the, i thought that the, the large point of the the love story with the same woman was, was um was number one to help mirror the two characters but also mm-hmm. to help get into the the subtext of the Matt Damon character where there's clearly something going on with him in, ter- in terms of not just in terms of like the impotence that they suggest, but that he might actually be 
like gay or something like that and that there's some other layer to his identity that is you know that is sort of under the surface well and that's that's actually intriguing uh when you do start unpacking the movie the layers of the characters are, are one of the things that makes it so very rich and interesting because you're right no like you may have said it earlier no character is what they appear to be none of them no uh, they all have all of these dimensions of here is the person i believe this person believes me to be here is who they believe me to be and then a lot of them at the end of the movie are left questioning well who the hell am i actually <laughs> who am i to myself i think all the characters struggle with that in a really interesting way so and i thought the matt i thought matt damon's performance was really good too just in terms of get like the, of the contrast between his character and dicaprio's like dicaprio when they go into the the scene where they go into the office to meet um uh 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 Queenan the first time and yeah. and uh and Matt Damon is so cocky and confident and DiCaprio is like he looks like he's like ready to cry almost you know what I mean? he's, his character always has this like he's on the border of having some kind of emer- emotional outburst it seems um yeah there's a lot of a lot of anxiety under the surface with yeah. his character barely under the surface but um yeah I- I really like DiCaprio as an actor. I know he only very recently got any like official recognition for it, but I love watching him act. He's really good. He's great at that role where like he is in character trying to like put a brittle mask over the surge of emotion. <laughs> it's really it's something I don't see a lot of actors capable of like pulling off reliably. He isn't like in every movie. It's really cool. Well, it's interesting because he's like the guy who on the surface seems the least calm and stable but he's kind of more calm and stable than the matt damon character in a lot like when they're really put into the fire do you know what i mean like mm. he's yeah know, well this thing about his hand doesn't shake i mean that's it it's like yeah he's <laughs> there's a lot going on there but his hand doesn't shake yeah it's the, the key yeah that scene so, that scene really encapsulates that um yeah that's a good scene. also i did notice on the on this viewing there's this in that in that conversation she says did something happen in prison and he says no but if you watch the the opening sequence when they're in the prison there is a guy eyeballing him and looking at his butt like, like there's like a it's definitely I, I mean i don't know if anything happened there but there's like a visual indication that maybe there's more to that moment i think than uh than the movie gets into which i again i think that's another that's just the way this movie is yeah there's a lot of little details like that um but uh but yeah i don't know uh adam you said that that martin sheen for you kind of stood out a little bit so i was kind of no, curious I actually i don't know i think i was like no martin sheen actually was great in it i don't know i i i, I retract <laughs> it you were trying, I, was, okay. I was just yeah no i i i think he was actually uh pretty uh pretty pretty grounded in this as, as martin sheen goes i mean i thought his death was really shocking when it happened that was uh, um, yeah there's a lot of shocking yeah. deaths in this actually which is to the movie's yeah. credit yeah definitely yeah because it's kind of like there's like two father figures in the movie right queenan and uh and costello and so when queenan dies it's like the good father figure is gone and now it's like dicaprio yeah. is so vulnerable um yeah so i i and this again the thing i i think that's kind of the case with a lot of the deaths in the movie where 
like I remember the first time I saw it, I was so surprised when DiCaprio got shot in the head. I don't know if you guys were surprised or not, or if it's just oh yeah, that was shocking. Yeah. Well, it's the thing is too. It's it rate. I mean, obviously DiCaprio's in more danger too, but them having killed the cop too, it's like suddenly you have like you know the cops doing their ambush for just gunning everybody yeah. down and stuff too. It's like it it made it deadlier for everybody. That was just a huge escalation. So. But but I f- always find when I watch this movie now, it's like that you know DiCaprio is going to die, and it's like this train wreck that you just can't stop. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So which is I yeah. think that's you know, like you know that's the joy of a good tragedy is like you know you know it's going to end this way, and that can't it nothing you know and you don't want it to, but it's satisfying when it does end that way. You know, there's a there's... What? I I do love that this movie. This is a movie in which everyone dies alone and unsatisfied and horribly. Um, that's just really great. I love movies that do that. Maybe I'm a, I'm a curmudgeon, but there's something just wonderful about it's watching these guys. Well, it's it is. Like he's, and they're not even necessarily bad characters. It's just that their their deaths are as as horrible and tragic as the movie has built them up to deserve. So it's it's a it's like a negative catharsis, but it's good. You know what it is, too? This movie balances it out because for all of the bad deaths that you don't want to happen, there are satisfying deaths of characters yeah. that deserve it. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. like the yeah, Matt Jack Damon death. Going out was, uh, yeah, the Matt Damon death was good. The Jack Nicholson death was really good. Uh, man, like, they, they killed the hell out of him in this I, movie. I like the way Frenchy <laughs> went, too. I like the way Mr. French went. He, uh, yeah, you know, he kinda, <laughs> that was a, a good movie death, definitely. Well, I also like how he kind of does turn out to be the only non-rat guy, I think. <laughs> a, like, he's the only one who I think is is anything close to what he says he is. Because he's the one who says, I'm reliable. And I'm pretty he sure... Just, he just dies completely on his own terms. Yeah, yeah he he's, yeah, it was... Uh, so, but for the most part, all of the characters are not what they say they are. There, there, there are all these layers to them. It's, it's, it's. Yeah, well, it's, Matt Damon's death is good too because it's the, you know, there's the shrug kind of thing before it, but it also that builds from the elevator scene before. It's like, just go ahead and kill me, which is just, yeah, it's kind of echoes that. It's just like, yeah, he's like, okay, yeah, I finally caught up with him. Yeah. I like how he's lying all through that scene in the elevator. Like he's just like the whole like because his character's whole thing. He's so good at lying, and then he's just like, you know, I, oh, he was my my informant, and like, you know just keeps going and going and then finally he's like just kill me he just gets this look on his face like he realizes it's up and uh and but then it's you know but then again he just once 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 the guy shoots leo he uh he's able to gain control of the situation and and lies some more so um yeah I, the, the fatalistic look in his eyes right before he gets shot is really great too mm-hmm. there's a lot to appreciate in this movie uh, they're really there's some really cool little scenes like that um flip phones notwithstanding the way they use the phones and information and the way there's like friction between the different government agencies that's all really satisfying too yeah um it's got yeah. kind of a police procedural vibe to it which i think is a really good um good counter perspective because a lot of the uh, thinking about goodfellas the it almost felt like the the good guys are the bad guys in that movie because yeah. they're kind of like this outside force that converges in and the mm-hmm. net tightens on the characters we've been following. But in this one, like all those lines are blurred. So you, you have people on different sides of the the kind of like crime versus uh, law enforcement war, and it, it makes it, it makes for a very interesting um, set of perspectives that adds this, this delicious kind of flavor to watching the movie. There's a lot to appreciate, honestly. 
Well, like conflict between groups and institutions is like a real big thing in the movie. I think like right from the beginning, like it opens up. I don't know. If, did you did you guys understand the opening sequence with the busing and everything? Was that or that uh, is that not widely known outside of Massachusetts? <laughs> I, apparently it's not widely known okay. so break it down for our non so i mean i mean I, this was before my time i mean they still had they were still doing the metco busing program when i was in uh, middle school and high school but basically there was a busing program to bring um black students from like i think from the poor neighborhoods into the into like the the, the like the white schools and into the more suburban schools and there was a lot of I don't know all the like it's not a piece of history that I know a lot about but there was a lot of conflict over it and and it definitely is one of the reasons why Boston has a reputation for being a, a more racist state than other states to this day um so that's what that whole opening sequence was but another thing that it that it added to the story for me was just this sense of like how nobody gets along there's all these like groups that are just constantly feuding with each other so it opens with that you know, the black versus white, but then you get to like the firemen versus the policemen and then the cops versus the criminals and then the cops versus the different departments within the cop. You know, it's just like all of these groups are just not getting along They're or they they're they're not trusting of one another and there's hostility and it's tribal. And that's sort of kind. And I, and I think that that connects with the whole identity thing. Do you know what I mean? Throughout the movie. And so. Well, the, the question of identity and loyalty is the one the movie asks, right? Like, yeah. who are you and who are you loyal to and why? And it really, like, for as simple as questions as those seem like, the, the depth of them are, like, they're just unsoundably deep. And every character gets swallowed exploring those caverns. And there's, God, that's fantastic. Well, like, that's it, like, oh, go ahead. Well, it's just, it's really easy to look at this, like, a cops and robbers kind of like oh it's a crime movie and just kind of write it off like that but when you actually like engage with it and and give it its emotional due it's so wonderfully deep i love when movies do, movies do that it makes me feel smart for enjoying them and i like feeling smart i'm a vain son of a bitch <laughs> well you are smart you are smart but um but or uh as chief queen would say what was that that's why i'm on the podcast folks he yeah. knows how to rub my ego yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, well, getting into like the Leonardo DiCaprio character, that's his whole thing is he, you know, the, when he calls him a lace curtain, which, um, you know, I, I'm not super familiar with that term, but I, I, it supposedly is like when, when a, when a family moves up from like working class up to like middle class, say, or upper middle class, that that's like a lace curtain family. And so, um, and I think it's more among the Irish, but uh you know he grew up on the north shore which is adam that's where i live i live on the north shore and the north shore mm -hmm. is generally like except for the city i live in most of the most of the other communities are are like middle class and upper middle class suburbs and so yeah. for him to have grown up on the north shore but then to have a dad that lived in southie and he's spending time on the weekends there and the whole thing with him having an accent versus not that's you know that's definitely something that like is it it, it 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 works for the region but it also works for the theme of the movie where you have this guy who uh is is this chameleon in a way do you know what i mean yeah and so yeah um so i don't know but i didn't know if you guys had any thoughts about that if that landed with you in any particular way or just the whole opening scene where um what's the character where, where ding dingham was that his name dingham um 
Dignum. Dignum. Yeah, yeah, where Dignum is kind of grilling him and saying, like, you know, you're like this, you know, you, you, you know, you're, you, you're not a cop. And then, like, you know, and then they slowly work, use that as yeah. their way of getting him to be an undercover cop. Yeah. I mean, I, I related to the level of I'm someone that moved around my whole childhood. And so the whole, <laughs> you know, having multiple selves that you kind of uh, use for different places is uh, something I understood. Well, yeah. And, and having an identity kind of below those things that are based off of traits, they don't really have a lot of say in that going back to that scene where he's talking about his hand, not shaking. He's not choosing that. That just happens to be the kind of character that he really happens to be. Yeah. Um, and it's a reliable trait. Like he knows that's going to happen. He knows what's, he knows who he is on those levels. Like that's really helpful. <laughs> there, there was a, there was a point in, cause I, I grew up uh, moving around a lot too. And there was a point in my life when I recognized that there was a lot of things I could choose very actively about myself. And there were some non-negotiables, just things mm -hmm. that were just elements of my personality, no matter <laughs> what I thought about it. Yeah. And the combination of those things is me. And that was a real like watershed moment in my self-concept of identity. So I don't know how actually relevant that is, but it uh, put me in mind, this whole thing put me in mind of, of one of the only Faulkners I've read, which is Light in August, which is similar to that. It's, it's about a guy who has uncertain heritage in a segregated South, and it's not really clear what his ethnicity is. And that's a huge deal in the time and place that the novel takes place. So it's, it's a fascinating study of identity well, too. Well, and that's also part of the thing here too, where it's like your fan, like his family, the history of his family actually matters. You know, it's like a, you know, he's got his father who was the baggage handler at the airport, who's, you know, the only law-abiding member of the family as far as we can tell, at least on that <laughs> side of the family. He's got his uncle Jackie, who was murdered and apparently involved in the same kind of crimes that Costello was involved with, and, uh, and I think there was some mention of a priest that might have done some bad things too, uh, <laughs> and he's got that cousin, the the cousin um uh that he uh the that he drug goes, dealer yeah. yeah the drug dealer cousin who who was perfect i thought that guy was perfectly cast yeah, um, yeah. I, that guy reminded <laughs> me of rocco speaking of um uh, boondock saints who was the only reason i ever watched boondock saints anymore is just to see rocco go on a killing spree uh just unstable to the, almost <laughs> the point of comedy like a complete fuck up the master of shooting himself in the foot i, I fucking love rocco and he I was the funny character. man right was rocco the funny man yeah, I'm the funny man. Yeah, <laughs> so much. Yeah, there, there's a lot of Boondock Saint elements in this movie, but that guy, um, I don't know that I liked the cousin relationship. I feel like cousins are really important here, and I feel like that was kind of a cool thing that they got. Um, but I, I don't know. I and I liked all the stuff to do with the family, but I always wondered, like, what was the that meeting? Like, were they? Why were they telling him he wasn't a cop? Like, were they really trying to break him down emotionally? Like, what was the, why not just say, hey, you'd make a great undercover agent? What's the whole purpose? What's the purpose of that, that like savage beatdown they were giving him in the, in, in, on that I, initial meeting? Well, it was yeah. to test his loyalty, wasn't it? Because I think they I don't know what it was. Thought, well, I, my yeah. reading of the scene was that they genuinely wanted to know, like, at the core of this, are you rotten? Are you going to turn against us whenever we send you in here and betray our trust and put us in a real vulnerable situation? And you, you had two guys. You had a guy that had been in for a long time who was extremely intelligent. Then you had another guy that had been in for a long time and had that kind of like street smarts and ability to read people. And it was a brutal cross-examination, hitting all of his weak points, breaking it down to the core of it, which is at the core of you, are you a cop? Are you a guy that's on this side? 
and yeah. he was, as it turns out in the movie. Well, yeah. Also, out. also too, just if you can't take that kind of psychological attack, you're not going to be able to yeah. uh, deal with the actual situation you're going into. So. Yeah, that might have been it as well. I've just always been uh, uh, intrigued by it. I don't. I've never really settled on on an explanation for the just that the well, tactics they were using there. Yeah, the thing is, I mean, honestly though, because you know, dig them anytime we see him acts like that, which also yeah, yeah, is, that's, is it a tactic or is he just you know kind of jerk? a jerk? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I know I, I just I, I was for some reason it reminded me of Albert on Twin Peaks was the character I was thinking of the. Uh, FBI medical examiner who shows I up. I love sometimes. Albert so much. Hey, and I know we're going to get into this when the distant day when we do review Twin Peaks, but remember how big of a deal it was that Albert was a pacifist in like a one episode he showed up in? Well, in the return, he shoots somebody in the flipping head. Like, doesn't even hesitate. He just whips out his gun. Boom! And then, and then makes fun of the, the director for not doing it. It was just like such a weirdly incongruous moment. Like, Albert has a gun on him? The pacifist, really? I guess it's standard issue. <laughs> anyway, moving so, on. But yeah, but but anyways, that was my uh, my, my my thought on that. Um, <laughs> just look the confused look at your face, yeah. like what the hell are you talking? Yeah, about? I, I, well, I've, I haven't seen it, so I don't really, I don't, I, I can't weigh in intelligently. Um, but uh, I, I've tried so hard to drag my poor girlfriend through Twin Peaks. It's a, it's a tough watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, on on another viewing, it's pretty tough. This one she liked actually. Getting her opinion on this was interesting. This was her favorite one, the three we've seen so far. Oh, she liked this oh. one. She liked this one. She liked the last two, but this one definitely won out. Now, uh, what, it wasn't what, the star what, power. Did she say anything specific about why, or was it just generally she just liked it better? No, I, I think that um, it's it's produced in a way that it's very watchable, and I think yeah. that she reacts pretty strongly to that. I mean, I reacted strongly to it too, but like, I it might not necessarily have the same reaction where like I don't. I don't think that watchability is necessarily something that I value as much as yeah. like uh, something that's challenging or rewarding to watch. Uh, so for me, uh, Eddie Coyle was by far the best movie we've watched, yeah. by, like and by a I, significant mark. I, and I would I would probably agree with that statement. I think unless I'm forgetting a movie that we watched that I I like. Only better. seen the three so far. So yeah. So no, I think I think Eddie Coyle that was that was a stunningly good movie. And it's just like you're saying, it's, it's, it was more, this definitely has the watchability thing going for it, for sure. And Eddie Coyle yeah. is not watchable. It's a very, you gotta, <laughs> you, you gotta work you to gotta enjoy work. that movie. Uh, it's like, yeah. what's, it's like, I, I, it's sometimes the case with foods, right? Like there's certain foods you gotta like, you gotta work yeah. a little bit to enjoy. There are certain, there's certain types of music that are like that, right? So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good that's a good parallel with music. There, there's a few artists, and I'm I'm thinking of like the first album the Wu Tang Clan had, where like people kept telling me you will love this album, and I hated it, and I hated it, and I kept listening to it, and now I can't stop listening to it. <laughs> Something about it where you're just like, yeah. oh no, I get it now. I worked hard enough to understand that this is actually li- quite good. I like Bjork, and a lot of people don't yeah. like Bjork, and it definitely uh-huh. is one of those kind of things where you have to kind of. You, know, you you kind of have to sit with it for a while before it really starts to to, to work its way into you. Um, I understand. Um, I I I also don't like Bjork, but I understand the parallel. I could what I is, could tell the mo- the expression on your face. Not liking something. <laughs> I, and saying I it do is bad. like I do like Bjork, but there are times when I'm not quite in the mood. <laughs> when you're Bjork, so, yeah, 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 I'm Bjork. Well, I, exactly. I, I don't I don't I don't I think that's true of any like. There's definitely times where you don't want to listen to Bjork. 
Do you know what I mean? That's just yeah. there's a, there's a, there's a sound with Bjork that is not that is not something you always want to be hearing, right? So, <laughs> um, yes. However, again, liking Bjork and knowing Bjork is good are two distinct things yeah. in my mind, and I understand she's good even if I don't necessarily. She's not necessarily my taste. Um, so I, I could forgive somebody for saying that they don't like Eddie Coyle. I don't think that carrying that into the criticism that a coil was bad yeah, is a good yeah. criticism. You say it's not watchable. Uh, you can say it's frustrating, which is true of it, especially if you really have trouble penetrating it. Um, and like, I wouldn't say this movie is bad just because like you said, it has kind of like warts. Um, and sometimes it's just a preference thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the choice of casting, I think was distracting. I, that's a war. Well, it it definitely for. feels like more mainstream for Martin Scorsese, right? Like I yeah. mean, he's made big movies for sure. And, he, and I think gangs of New York came out before this, right? That was how I yeah. seen gangs. Of yeah. New York. But, but gangs of New York didn't feel very mainstream, even though it had Leonardo DiCaprio in it. It was, it, I don't know. It just wasn't as, um, it was a well, little DiCaprio bit more of an doesn't... edgy movie. You know what I mean? And I... I really like him as an actor because him being in a movie just because he's big doesn't make it mainstream. He's yeah. really his favorite thing is finding those challenging roles that mm-hmm. he's going to be like perfectly suited to. So I, yeah, he was no, he was DiCaprio like always not he is not distracting to me ever. I mean, you know, like I brought I singled out like Alec Baldwin for example. I mean, the thing is, Alec Baldwin is such a heightened dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> actor the fact he's done so much comedy now is it may it does but, make it kind of hard to sometimes watch him because there's this even in his, his dramatic roles there is this over-the-top element this still there. this movie i think a, that's the other thing about this movie i feel like it really veers into comedy a lot like like goodfellas uh-huh. has some dark humor casino has some dark humor right um yeah. mean streets not so much but you know um but like you know, there's humor in his films, but this this feels a lot more intentionally funny to me than than movies like Goodfellas and stuff like that. Um, especially with the banter between Alec Baldwin and um, uh, and and Dignam, the you know just the uh-huh. the uh, you know the the all that back and forth, all that stuff. Um, the thing with the rat at the very end walking along the, you know it's just like a, it's 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 basically a punchline at the end of the movie yeah um yeah and so i i do feel like that's so that's one of the things that makes it feel again ha, has that more energy and that that more of that stylized vibe to it um which uh which i think always kind of uh it, it maybe had a more negative reaction to the movie when i first saw it than I did as the years went by, just because I started to sort of like, okay, this is what the movie like. They're trying to be funny here. Do you know what I mean? Like I, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So that 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 makes it. Uh, uh, I don't know. It, well, it's, it, go there, ahead. There's an authenticity, the authenticity to the way the comedy emerges. It's not like it's being wacky. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's showing these these kind of hostile working arrangements, like in the in the case of the FBI director and the uh, the guys in charge of the the Boston cops. Like they, they, they both have personalities that are intelligent and witty in different ways. Yeah. Like there's an urbaneness to Baldwin's character. And there's this kind of like gutsy folksiness, um, uh, contrast that. And that would naturally be a bunch of like exchanged barbs and things like yeah. that, but it's believable. Like you could see those guys like, like bickering a yeah. little bit, like in that way that's almost like playful. And there, there is something that's genuinely funny about that. And it's it's understandable. Like, it's situationally, it's appropriate. 
Yeah. Uh, the rat thing. I don't, is it a punchline? Is that what? That's a punchline. Supposed- That's definitely a punch. I, I mean, a lot of people don't like the rat at the end. There's actually a, there was a Kickstarter because somebody Early wanted to re-edit the movie to remove the rat. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, it's definitely a controversial choice. Well, I, uh, really, I th- I thought it was almost like a symbolic thing, like that you can't really escape the rot that it doesn't but matter it's how much so time. on the nose that it's like i, I think it counts as a punchline yeah honestly. yeah because I mean, it's like i i was kind of i kind of shrugged at it a little yeah. bit but i yeah it's i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna digitally alter the movie <laughs> to get rid of it but yeah the, over the years i've grown to like the rat the <laughs> other the other thing people don't like is the scene where jack nicholson says i've got this rat problem and he starts acting physically like a rat that yeah. scene annoys a lot of people as well, apparently. Um, eh, I don't know. That's that's just Jack Nicholson. You gotta. Yeah, I, I feel like if you had told him to tone that down, you would have removed something vital from the rest of the performance of that scene. You know, because yeah. like that's he did that. Like that's Jack Nicholson. Yeah. He'll take it a little bit too far, or way too far, and that's yeah. kind of what you get him for. He, he um, got away with it, in my opinion. But yeah, no, he. He sold it enough with the scary. I think it's ba- it's balanced out by the rest of his performance. I think. I think that's uh, yeah. There were there were a lot of better choices than that. That you know, if he if he had to make it, if he occasionally had to make a choice like the rat choice to get the better, you know what I mean? And it, it yeah, works no, out I, at the end. I, I, um, well, the direct comparison to Scorsese films is uh, Joe Pesci's performance. Uh, and Goodfellas, yeah. like right, because there's times when Pesci takes it just a little bit too far, but then he'll violently beat someone to death, dismember yeah. them, and bury the pieces somewhere. Well, that's and it. Yeah, the energy it stays the same. It's eerie. Oh, let's face it. I think it's appropriate use of Jack Nicholson because the point is that that you know DiCaprio's character is to think this guy's losing it. Yeah. He's going crazy. I need to get out of here. So. Having Nicholson do the full Nicholson thing, it's like, that's fine. Yeah. That's the direction and, the character is supposed to be going. And they established so, that from the beginning when he shoots the, the couple and he says she fell funny. And yeah, and French says, you know, you need help. Like that's, you know. The, <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Um, yeah, and that's that's a good point, too. They It's, it's foreshadowed. That stuff is foreshadowed. You're right. She fell funny. What a weird take on destroying a human <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah, he just killed somebody yeah. and... Um, and then there's a scene in the porno theater where he you know, he acts like he's uh-huh. a oh, he yeah. acts like he's a man in the crowd and and he freaks <laughs> out Matt Damon. <laughs> fun um, fun fact: my great aunt worked at that porno theater and on the edge of Chinatown. That the, the wow. uh, yeah, um, my family connection to the locations <laughs> in the movie. Uh, she was she was just a ticket taker, but. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> the, the proud Davis tradition of continuing to churn out trash continues to this day. I'm, I'm proud to be a part of your your traditions, there, Brendan. Well, so, but but that whole scene was actually that that whole scene took place in Chinatown, and that was actually very believable. The way they were like kind of like the sense of place they were getting in scenes uh-huh. like that in the scene at South Station, like a lot of the specific addresses were actually wrong like i think this, the building they went into um on the roof uh was thir- 344 washington street which i think is a bit off from where it actually worked like 344 washington street is not in that spot the spot that 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 building is supposed to be in looks like it's supposed to be in this this block of red brick buildings that are by south station 
Um, and for whatever reason, they they said 344 Washington Street, but that's like all department. Well, that's that's one of the ones where um, the uh, the location matters because it gets the address wrong, right? Like that's that's part of that couch scene. Yeah, but both, is, uh, but not neither of those address. addresses line up with the building, which is, I mean, you know, nobody's for well, number one. What I mean, though, yeah. about there being like that kind of how intentional is this is a question you as a, as a film viewer have I, to ask. No, because... I, I, I thought about it. Here's, here's my answer. I was thinking, why did they do that? And I'm like, well, they probably weren't trying to deliberately be wrong. They probably were doing it so that people didn't constantly go to 344 Washington yeah. street and cause problems. So they picked a high traffic area and that's the address they gave. And then they used it for the abandoned building. I think that's what happened. Or it's an angle of 344 Washington Street I haven't seen. Like, it's like an alleyway or something that I just don't know about. But, uh, um, but I don't know. I thought, I thought overall they, I mean, they might have even gone too far giving it a sense of place. Like, when they're on the, they're on the, the T and they're talking about, like, you know, all the different state stops and, you know, it just, uh, yeah. Like, you know, like I said, they cram Boston in this movie. It is. Yeah. Stuff right in there. Oh, and it's, they they reused some locations at Randy Coyle too, like those wonderful stone steps uh, that lead the big Eddie, uh, police precinct. But Eddie Coyle was very naturalistic. This felt a little closer to the um, Boston accent parody, where they're just mm. listing off all the different locations that they bought. You know, um, <laughs> yes, that's, uh, that did spring to mind. Yeah. Uh, I'm really speaking highly of it, though, so I didn't want to be like, "Hey, remember that joke where they?" No, were but I think it's a. Re- but I think I mean this movie and and like. Um, what was the last movie we did? Uh, Black Mass. Black Ma- I, think, I think Black Mass and this movie are like the two main ones they were parrying when they mm. when they did that. So, you know, <laughs> it's all fair game. Like the whole thing with yeah. the people getting shot in the head is right out of this movie, right? Like As, yeah. someone, as someone that visits Boston regularly but doesn't has never lived there, it's like, this movie gave me the least sense of Boston. Okay, interesting. Three, like just the feeling of driving around the city, just my aesthetic okay. feeling. I, you know, like I said, it was Boston. I'm not saying I didn't recognize yeah. locations, well, but I just there's like just a, had the least atmosphere. You, you'd me. have to really be in Boston itself most of the time, I think, to get a sense uh-huh. of the the like, because like you'd have to like. I'd have to take you to South Station and then take you to Chinatown and then take you to like uh-huh. government center. And then you would, and then it'd be like, okay, this kind of feels like the movie now, but, but, but like, whenever you come here, you kind of go well, where the, well, the you know, I've been to South Station. I okay. Know South Station. I, saying, I, I know the location. I'm saying, I just, the feeling it just didn't was feel... the least. Okay. Now, now well, let me ask you this. Do you think that Boston was the touring Boston? Was that Those was... Are the two things like visiting Boston versus touring Boston? Like you visit Boston, but you don't go on guided well, tours. Of well, Boston. one thing I will say is I do feel like this is Boston through the lens of New York in a way. Like it's a New Yorker, try, like like you know what I mean. Like Scorsese's whole thing is New York, and I feel like he's trying to look at Boston the way he looks at New York, and Bostonians don't look at Boston the way New Yorkers look at New York. If that makes sense. you know what I mean. Like yeah. like I hate Boston. I don't want to go into Boston ever. You know what I mean. I hate being there. And I think most uh-huh. people in Boston feel that way because the traffic is bad. Actually, I, I did get the most sense of downtown Boston in this movie of the three movies. There were more mm. scenes kind of in the actual city part that I'm very rarely in. So you're right. I, I did kind of feel that more. It's just that's not where I often am. Yeah, because right? I don't go. If yeah. I go there, it's like it's like I have a headache until I'm out of there. Do you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. that's the. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and. and, uh, and, and 
and and yeah. so we just I don't feel like we have this like loving attitude towards our downtown that that New Yorkers have. Um, you know, where yeah. it's like this is our these are our landmarks and you know, it's it's, it's I, I love New York versus I'm trapped in Boston. Well, so well and I think that kind of gets at the whole thing where everybody kind of hates each other and there's just like all this like, you know, aggression. <laughs> it's, a neighborhood. And, it's a very yeah. neighborhood-based city is the thing. It's uh, I mean, Chicago's like that in a lot of ways too, where you've got you know, you, you do have the loop in Chicago, which is a bunch of office buildings and stuff, but pretty much everything you think of in Chicago is outside that area. So Oh wow. I've only been to Chicago like once and I got one of the pizzas. They're really good. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> we'll we'll save that pizza debate for another we'll we'll need to we'll need to save that for a Chicago movie or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a complicated topic. But uh, yeah, we we're probably running too low on time for that. Um, yeah, did you guys I, go? To... I live in Chicago and New Jersey, so it's like I, <laughs> that'll take a long time to discuss. So, um, did you guys notice? Like, what did you guys feel about the accents in this movie versus the other two that we saw? The, just the performances of the accents. Um, I it, Jack Nicholson obviously didn't care, um, but for the most part, uh, for the most part, there was nothing egregious that I that hit my ears. Uh, th there were a few people that just did not even give, like, I feel like there were people that thought they could do an accent. There are people that could genuinely do an accent. Yeah. Um, like Mark Wahlberg, I mean, for better or worse, his accent sounds very <laughs> authentic. You got to give him that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, also, th th that, that's that, like, that role is kind of perfect for him too, right? Cause it's yeah. like, he's yeah. basically, yeah. Hate him, and I did, I really hated him. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's an authentic hate. Um, but like, yeah, there are people that thought they could do the accent and did a good enough job that I agree with them. There are people yeah. that can do the accent because they just have the accent. And then there was Jack Nicholson and people like him who were like, nah, we're just not gonna. We're, yeah, it's J fine. Jack I... Nicholson had the strangest take on the Boston accent, I thought, of everybody. <laughs> and they, oh, no, the, the way, lady who played Gwen had the strangest. But Jack Nicholson had way more screen time. Um, yeah. so Adam, what were you going to say? I'd say, honestly, this was a movie where I wasn't even thinking about mm. the accents. Like I said, there were people like Nicholson who just don't care and whatever. Yeah. And I just, <laughs> there's there's movies where I care about the accents and ones where they don't. And maybe this being just such kind of a Hollywood movie too, I wasn't, I, yeah. I just wasn't in that space. I knew who every single one of these actors was. And yeah, I, I didn't, I just didn't care. I didn't, wasn't even analyzing it. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I, I mean, basically nothing surprising from my friend, Matt Damon and uh, and Mark Wahlberg were the two most authentic in the movie. Uh -huh. And Matt Damon, Matt Damon actually, I think, did the best job in terms of like me believing he was that character from Boston. Do you know what I mean? Like that's just like that's yeah. how that type of guy acts and behaves and carries himself. Um, I thought like in the category that you said, uh, Joel, of people like basically being good enough, even if it was occasionally wobbly. I thought like Martin Sheen, there was something, even though he was kind of getting it wrong occasionally, the tone of his voice, it just sounded right a lot of the time to me. Do you know what I mean? Just so. There was he, something, there was this is something on his personality too. He just seemed yeah. very authentic in that role. Everything about that character was, so like I said, I wasn't thinking about accents, but partly it was just, I was buying that character completely. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Joel, were you trying to say something or are you trying to say something and you're on silent? Okay, Joel's mic is not. Working. I was on silent. Oh, yeah, okay. it, he, he was old enough that like 
in in a job that required him to like kind of tamp those elements of personality down, you could reasonably, if you weren't from Boston, think, well, maybe this guy used to have an accent and it's been disappearing or getting changed over time. So that was another element of that character that like helped sell it. And uh, and DiCaprio's was kind of it. Like it wasn't always good, but sometimes it was. But then the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, his whole thing is he was he had two accents growing up. And so yeah. that's going to mean his Boston accent isn't authentic anyways. Yeah. So it works in the end, um, whether it yeah. was intentional or not. I don't know. But yeah, whether it, it, happy coincidence or intentional yeah. structure, it did work. Yeah. So. Um, and, and Vera, uh, what's her name? Vera Formiga. Is that how you pronounce her name? Is, the, it, is it Formiga or Formiga? It's, it's I don't know how you pronounce it. But the woman who played Madeline, she, um, she, she had a tough time with the accent, I think. But I thought her performance was really good. It's just that yeah. the accent was kind of, yeah. I, I, I'm at her. I, I wasn't entirely sure her character was given a lot to do, but she was very good at it. She, uh, she just had these, I don't know, just the way she was, the expressions on her face, I thought were, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's like, I wouldn't, I, like, I'm not an actor, but I was like, I would never think to do what this lady just did to yeah. convey what she's conveying, you know? So it was just yeah, finding myself. Was, there was impressed. a lot of depth to that character for for what it was. I I, I was I was very interested. Like the scene where she says she would lie. There are all these expressions uh-huh. cross over her face, and I feel uh-huh. like I learned so much about her character from just those simple. Like she smiles a little bit, and then she goes into saying I would lie, <laughs> and then she kind of like has to like reiterate that she would lie a bunch of times, and it's just like a, just, I don't know, just it really I thought was a. Um, interesting performance um yeah it was even i I complain that it doesn't have a lot of payoff or point i guess because it seems incongruous to the rest of the movie but i think that that scene is a really good way of connecting it to the larger themes of the movie the the idea like the the process of thinking like well would i lie and and how would that manifest what would that mean to me she's one of those characters in this movie that has a pretty solid sense of her identity it isn't necessarily happy with the duplicity that she feels is necessary, but it is an outgrowth of her actual yeah, but, personality. But her identity is a psycho- psychiatrist or psychologist, and she's mm. not. It's, she's she, I don't know. She's engaged. She's she doesn't seem <laughs> like very self actualized. Or you know, like there's like all these. Uh, I don't know. I feel like she's and she's she's drawn to this guy that she thinks is a criminal, even though he's really not a criminal. And she's dating a guy that she thinks is a cop, even though he's not really a cop. You know what I mean? Like there's, <laughs> there's all these things about her that make me, and, and, and just her behavior with them, um, you know, just like the, uh, you know, the drugs and everything, you know, that, that was, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, part, part of my dissatisfaction on storyline is there is just a lot of interesting stuff to unpack, but there isn't very much in the movie that, uh, yeah, it's more fun to think about than to watch, um, which isn't a terrible criticism, I suppose. But like, no, I would have liked more. Also, not a terrible criticism to have. Yeah, yeah. But um, but but also back to your point, Adam. I do think that the like I I'm torn on the Alec Baldwin character because on the one hand he adds something to the movie that's really enjoyable. Yeah, he's not he's bad. Good, I don't but, I don't want to. I but it just I was a little bit distracted, but I still was enjoying it anyway. But the, it just it was just kind of crossing my mind while I was watching the scenes. No, but there are these points where he brings it. He's the most comedic out of anybody. Like Mark Wahlberg is uh-huh. saying a lot of funny lines, but he's acting very angry and serious. Yeah, but but. Yeah. But but um, but Alec Baldwin is like almost like a cartoon character in some of the scenes in the way, you know, what I mean? so uh-huh. it, it's sort of uh-huh. it, it's it's sort of kind of 
it does kind of fray things a little bit when he gets into the, do you know what I mean? Like I, I get, I definitely can feel the, um, uh, like the scene where he's, where he's attacking the, uh, the tech guy that, that yeah. you know, it's oh, just so, yeah. you know, it's, it, yeah. and then, the, and then the other scene where, um, he asked Matt Damon if he wants a cigarette and he's like, and he, in like really, really fast, speedy dialogue, he's like, oh, you're probably a health nut, huh? Fuck you. Screw you. I'm going to go, you know, just like, it's just yeah. like, he sounds like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's, it's like, like delivering a comedy routine. Like, yeah. It really is. Yeah. It, it is. It is like a comedy routine. Um, I think what they were trying to get was sort of like, like the Boston ball busting and like, just like the, you know, just like the yeah. comedic edge that a lot of conversation has. So I get it, but it's, you know, it was, it was kind of like in screwball comedy turn. Like if you had a character acting like that in a, like a Cone Brothers drama, it would like feel very natural or whatever. But yeah. a, a Scorsese drama is just a different thing. And yeah. It felt a little weird to me in this movie. Like, like it really, Pet- it should have been Leslie Nielsen in that role. <laughs> yeah, like, well, it's like, it's like yeah. you were saying Pesci would be like the, a good comparison for that sort of thing. And like, for some reason, when Pesci's doing it in a Scorsese movie, it works because there's like this underlying danger with him. Yeah, that the, yeah there's that the, a magic to that man, yeah. to Joe Pesci, that I think is criminally underutilized by the rest of Hollywood. But uh, but yeah, so I I don't I don't know, but but again, I mean, it's not I I enjoy Alec Baldwin in this movie, but I definitely did see that that I was I was on this viewing, I was sort of noticing some things that was like, oh, this, you know. A little over the top, you know. And again, I don't know, but maybe if they took that out, the movie's different and lands different. So yeah, I don't know. and I'm I'm okay with it. I mean, I'd rather have a performance or two that's over the top than mm-hmm. have a boring movie. I mean, it's it's yeah, not it's, not it's it's not too well, bad of a problem. Right? I will say this movie is not boring. That is definitely no. one thing you can say about it. Um, yeah, it, the the observation that me and Adam had that we were engaged the entire time, and your observation that it holds up in repeat viewings. That's enough to land it in good movie territory for me. Mm-hmm. Like maybe not favorite movie or even favorite Scorsese movie, but still a movie I'll watch again. The, and that's pretty high praise for me. The the only other the other criticism I would have the movie. I don't think it's a criticism because I feel like the movie's doing this on purpose to just be the kind of movie that it want, needs to be. Mm. But the way that it depicts crime, it's like the polar opposite of how a movie like Goodfellas or Casino depicts crime, where those are very realistic portrayals of how crimes are actually committed. And this is the most cinematic portrayal of how crime is committed, where it's like, here's the goods and the boss is going to to the exchange. You know, there's all these things that would just never really happen in real life. Um, You know, the scene, the scene where like, I mean, I'm sure there's like international deals that go on. But I but the scene where he's dealing with like people from the Chinese government, it felt (laughs) and, and he's like almost threatening them and they have machine guns that felt very um that felt very cinematic yeah Yeah. we had the whole big shootout with the cops too in the movie yeah another weirdly theatrical moment yeah though i do have to say i love the way that the 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 police cars showed up where they just swarm in that that, i thought that was really it was a great scene and just it is just very cinematic yeah yeah it was definitely oh go ahead we keep stepping our toe on this mo- this 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 element of the the cinematic nature of this movie the over the top performances the the rat at the end like the, wow. the swarms of police cars there had that had to be like Scorsese's too good of a filmmaker that, that yeah that I would agree be unintentional that's why I oh, said it's that totally it, I mean, 
Yeah. So like we know we know he can do we know he can do an authentic crime movie. You know, so it's like it's not even a question. But um, yeah. So it we we keep stepping our toe on it because it is stylistically kind of jarring for him to do that. And I, I wonder how much of it was him trying to make this a more classic movie and more timeless than, than we're giving it shrift for because of the flip phones and the yeah. music choice. I think, I think he could have gone a little further with it to make, I mean, yeah. I feel, I feel like he takes a few steps in that direction, like the rat at the end and that, but it's like, because, you know, he, because he doesn't go all the way with it. Those few, those parts can feel a little bit jarring. So, you know, cause I think he, you know, if if he wanted to go further that direction, I think I think he could pull it off. But... Well, how how far away when you compare this to other movies of the genre, like compare this to The Godfather, which I I know that's kind of a cliche, but the reason I think it's apt is because if it goes a little further, you start to border into that kind of just heightened enough reality that it feels more realistic as you watch it because the yeah. emotional truth of scenes are conveyed. Yeah. It feels like he was trying for that, but incapable as a filmmaker of making that that heightening of reality fully swell with the emotional tide and i think that is my my most stinging criticism of the movie and it's it, like yeah. the couch scene's a good way to to show that and it maybe in, in repeat viewings the emotions will line up a little better i think there was a mismatch yeah. i do i, I think, think I, yeah i uh, i think yeah, on I repeat mean, I, it does get I, I think you get more out of the scenes and more investment in dicaprio's character the more you watch the movie um mm-hmm. But but also I think the fact that everybody is kind of not what they say they are and they're, that that naturally creates a certain hollowness to all of the characters, right? So it's going to make it harder. But I feel like you get way more emotional investment than you did in, say, Black Mass. Like, like watching that one versus this yeah. one, I did have the thought of, you know, especially when you guys had mentioned that, that you had trouble with that aspect of Black Mass. As I was watching this one, I was like, this is a much more... This is maybe more how they should have done Black Mass if they wanted to get more of that emotional investment, um, but still have it be cinematic. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Adam, you were going to say something, though, and I feel like I might have cut you off there. Oh, I I, I can't remember the specifics, but I, I was just saying with a, you know, a movie going further into being very stylized i mean miller's crossing would be an example of a gangster movie that that does just yeah. go all that direction it's like we're just going to be completely stylized but still have dramatic weight at the same time yeah. well th- you know what this is this is stylized but glossy Do you know i mean that's uh-huh. i think that's yes. the thing that makes yes. it um and that's the reason that's why i kind of use the word mainstream because it just feels uh, and again, it's not it's not a bad thing. I just feel like this is m- maybe Martin Scorsese trying to reach as broad an audience as possible with the movie. Yeah, and that's yeah, why, that. yeah, and that's yeah. why you have the dropkick Murphys and stuff like that in there. And again, yeah, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. Well, the rat. I feel like the rat is just part of the humor. I feel like that's like I feel like that's him, sort of just you know winking at the audience at the end of, with with you know. Uh, but again, a lot of people don't like the rat scene. I, I don't have a problem with it because I thought it was kind of funny. But uh, yeah, I, I think it was probably more of a nod to kind of old movies than uh, him trying to be a crowd pleaser with that one. That would be uh, where I think that came from. And also, I think it was kind of a playful thing to end with, given that like it follows Matt Damon dying in that scene. So it's kind of a it's it, it kind of adds like a humorous edge to the death. Do you know what I mean? That that 
I think well, it, I think it builds on the humor because I mean his reaction is humorous already. That's true. That's just, true. It, there, there is, but but I feel like you wouldn't notice it as much if the rat wasn't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It yeah. punctuates. The, yeah, yeah, you're right there. Um, but yeah, so anyway, anything else about this movie that we uh, uh, I don't know any any uh, w- one thing I thought about that I noticed is the the scene where Leonardo DiCaprio uh says that he likes that she doesn't have any cats i was just curious if that resonated with anybody as odd or if it was you know is it because forgot, he's a, is it because she that. dates rats i i i was wondering about that if that was if it was tying well i was wondering if it was tying into the rat theme do you know what I mean? like yeah. uh but uh but also it just seemed like it, it was kind of like it's it's the line of dialogue that always struck me as a little bit like the i don't like sand from the Star Wars movie, <laughs> oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's like I, they were going for something authentic, and it just came off really awkward. Well, and like the, you know what sticks in my mind about those kind of things is that that's that would show up in a real conversation, right? These kind of like awkward cul de sacs yeah. where you don't really know what to say. But in a movie, it's so jarring. You're like, they deliberately did that. Why? Well, um, all all I could think is that it's the theme, you know, because cats eat, eat rats. So okay, that makes sense. But also, I do feel like maybe I do feel like growing up here, there were an abundance of households that had cats. That you know what I mean? Like it was like I just have a lot of memories of going into people's homes and and, there were cats sm- and smelling like cats. And I don't have that same memory when I was living in California. So I've made this assumption that it's not as prevalent in other places. But I don't know if that's you know I I don't know I don't know so. In, uh, like maybe more, maybe Martin Scorsese came to scope out locations. He's like, oh, there sure are a lot of cat ladies here, and decided to, you know. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. Um, uh, maybe the, the I, I cat mouse element. I mean, like that's the. I think that's the most viable explanation for the. Yeah, I'm gonna go with cat and mouse yeah. as the explanation oh. for that one. Now, I think I feel like we've run this movie pretty dry. Yeah, I would say uh, so. I. I, I, I I would go with a reasonable recommendation on this one. I think if you like, uh, you like what would you give like, it on a? Type. Let's let's do like a uh, grade it like you would a paper. What would you give it? Like a paper, oh, like A, B, C. Yeah, yeah. Let me see. Uh, what, what axioms would I grade this? I don't want to overthink this. Um, if this were to cross my desk and I was like, okay, clearly the A plus movie is going to be Godfather for this. Yeah. Um, it's not an A plus, but like. Is it better than like like just trash? Like Boondock Saints, I'd probably give a C to. Like, and that's not a great movie, but it's a fine movie. It's I give Boondock Saints a C plus just because it's still okay. entertaining. Yeah, I, I guess, and it is entertaining. There's some really fun characters in that. I'd give it a passing grade for that. Definitely style over substance. Definitely not very thoughtful. And you reach too far with Boondock Saints. Mm-hmm. This one, I might actually give it like a high B, low A, like B plus A minus because like it, it's. If you push it a little bit further, if you if you made the pacing a little bit less like explosive, if you removed a few extraneous elements or sharpened them so that they resonated with the themes a little more cleanly, uh, this movie would have been a shoe in for an A. It's 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 brilliant. Um, I personally would have made different casting choices, but like I'm not gonna let my bias influence that one. The, the people that were cast did a great job in their roles, even if their uh, fame made them a bit distracting. Um, the music choice was, was, I think, appropriate, if somewhat unusual. And it's clear this is a director who is reaching somewhat outside of his comfort zone, but still managing to stick the landing with 
a, a thoughtful movie that that um, holds a pair of repeat viewings and is entertaining and engaging and has a lot of merit on its own beyond those things. So yeah, I I give it a I'm going to very charitably give it an A minus. Uh, good, uh, a little unfocused, but good. I'm going to go with a B plus. Because right. uh, yeah, my 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 thinking on it just to get into it. It is. It's in like kind of the B category overall. It's like it's not. It's not like a transcendent masterpiece material, <laughs> but it is a really well done movie within that B territory. Okay. So, I I'm going with B plus on it. Yeah, A minus for me would be like something that is a masterpiece, but it's got, you know, a, like few, a things few things that, that like kind of just pull it just a little further back. Yeah. Okay. And for me, okay. it's like this movie isn't like aspiring to be a masterpiece. It's 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 a good movie, but uh, maybe it is aspiring. I mean, but uh, whatever. If it's aspiring, it could have aspired a little goddamn harder. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So B plus for me. I would I would give it. Um, and again, part of this is just going off your grades and our relative. <laughs> yeah. Joke. But yeah. I would I would say an A, and and I would also say. When I first saw it, when it first came out, I would have probably given it a B or B minus. That probably would have been my reaction yeah. to it. But over the years, it's definitely gone up to an A. And I've just and I and I think the main reason there's just so many things that I'm always noticing about the movie, and I'm realizing, oh, this is a much better movie than I realized it was. Like when it first came out, I would have kind of had almost an identical review to what adam is giving i think which yeah. is you know that it's definitely like not a masterpiece that it's it's kind of got like a um there's something too commercial about it or something that it's just not it's, it's it just doesn't rise to that cream level for some reason um but the more i've watched it the more i've just been like no this is actually a much better movie than i gave it credit for when i yeah. first viewed it I don't know if you guys would have that same experience on repeat viewings, but that's just been there my... There are a lot of movies yeah. I like better the more I watch them. So it is it is possible. But uh, yeah, because I've just been... It's been surprising my change of view uh -huh. over this movie over the years. Um, and so... Uh, and again, I do have quibbles still, but I would definitely say an A. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so, you know... It, and again, I think it's one of these movies where uh you know people uh know enough about it that you know we don't you know they can decide they want to see it on their own or not and tell them what they should do but uh but i uh, it was I, I guess in terms of where it's available and stuff i don't think it's streaming for free anywhere right now i think uh i i had to rent it on prime i don't know um i i watched like, it on hbo uh max oh yeah, i think okay. i got a hbo max because i got i got it for this uh, I get a get a one month subscription. And then I also watched the new Suicide Squad movie, which was pretty good, um, by the way. I've been so. I've been staving off getting the HBO Max subscription because they're going to have the uh, what is it, the Many Saints of Newark coming out. Mm. Um, oh, so okay. I uh, yeah, the, the same reason I forestalled Showtime yeah. until Twin Peaks: The Return came out. Yeah, the, yeah. the Sopranos yeah. Uh, movie. HBO uh, Max is a much better service than I expected, so I uh, I recommend it. If you still have it when uh, October 1st rolls around, we can maybe do a uh, Many Saints of Newark discussion sure. at some point. Sure. Uh, if you're not doing all monster movies in October, I'm just opening No, no, podcast. no, we're doing we're doing all monster movies. I'm talking about a I'm talking about a special secondary episode. Okay, okay. You know, yeah, not a not a primary episode. Um uh so we got we got to we got to choose one more really good uh really good I think it has to I think Miller's Crossing is going to have to be the, the I, choice. 
I, that, I was going to say, I think I, I dropped it in there because I think that yep. that would be the closer yeah. and we can we can move on back to Hall. Sounds like a solid choice. I, I've been excited. This has been a fun swerve. I, I've about got my fill of, of the, the variety of movie. I, I want to get back to good old fashioned horror because I'm an idiot at heart. And that's what I love. Um, the October this, air is coming into in, in oh, yeah. fall, so it's, yeah. it's time to get spooky, folks. Yeah. But first, one one more of these, just one more. So Miller's Crossing. Have you, have you, have, like Miller's have you Crossing. seen Miller Crossing? Mm-hmm, no, first time viewer. So this is going to be fun for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, we won't spoil it for you, but it's a. Uh, I think I think it's a good choice, and um and yeah. So why don't we end it here? And until next time, we will talk to you later.